Do you have solo economic dependency? That is, if you aren't working, you aren't making money. The Art of Passive Income Podcast is the solution. Discover passive income models so you can enjoy life on your own terms. Let freedom ring. Hey, it's Mark Podolsky, the Land Geek, with your favorite niche real estate website, www.thelandgeek.com. And on today's roundtable, we've got a nice, healthy group. We're going to start with the big papa himself, Tate Litchfield. Tate, how are you? Doing well. I know, you don't, I know you don't love the nickname. We're, we'll give you a better nah, it's, it's not bad. It's not All bad. Right. There could be worse things, for sure. There could be. There could be. Um, and I just love to, you know, put on my biggie. <laughs> I love it when you call me Big Papa. Eric Jotnot Pro Peterson is in the hizzle. Hello, Eric. Hi, how are you? I don't want to talk about it. Mike, right. the Zen Master Zeno. What's going on? Breathe how you in doing? the mailing, breathe out the marketing. How you are, doing? Are, we, are we ready to be vicious to Eric on this roundtable? Mike? Bring we're in not, the old the old firehouse. We're not vicious in this. That's we're not. not a, that's not us. It, if Eric sends that, that doesn't make us vicious. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. And uh, I I haven't had him on the round table, but I'm very excited for Aaron, the Bling Visachnik. This guy's on Facebook. He's he's flashing the cash. You know, like it, pretty soon he's going to be like showing like his last land deal you know, behind his Maserati and they're like just making it rain. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's right. the dream. There it is. And then last but not least, you know him. You love him. Six Sigma. Scott Todd from scotttodd.net. Landmodo.com. And most importantly, if not automating your Craigslist and your Facebook postings, postingdomination.com forward slash the geek. Scott, how are you? Mark, I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Let's just get into it. Are you ready? Let's go. So do you want to tell everybody what you're doing, Scott? Because it scares the hell out of me. All right. All right. All right. So, you know, Mark, you know, we're, we're, we're teaching flight school, right? You know, like we're teaching like people how to invest in land. And we've got this whole concept of flight school, which is going very well. And it's 10, uh, 10 sessions in a group where we, we go through the entire business end to end. And uh, I don't know, about a few weeks ago, my son's friend was telling us all about how he was taking real flight lessons at, at a local airport. And I'm like, well, let's go check it out. So we, my son and I went out, we, we jumped in a plane, we went up for about an hour. It was so much fun. So I decided like, how, how better could it be if I'm going to teach flight school to actually go to a real flight school and like learn how to fly a plane? You know, that way I can go look at the land, you know, all that important stuff that we never go do. But I don't know. It's something fun to do. And uh, it's really been kind of an amazing experience. And I've had like two lessons so far. It's really kind of an amazing experience because there's so much that you can take from just that uh, whole experience and how you can put that back into uh, land investing. It's amazing. For example, you know, like when, when you're learning something new, it's really, really uh, difficult to like think outside the box sometimes. And, and you're really putting yourself out there and being on the edge where you haven't been before. So like, you know, here I am in the front seat of this plane and uh, we, we get up in the air and the, the, the flight instructor says, okay, you're good to fly the plane. Now just start flying the plane. And like all the days of, of like, you know, learning how to drive a car and holding onto the wheel really tight and all of these things and how you steer and, and how like you're sweating bullets. 
it reminded me a lot about when I started investing in land, like how your heart got excited, how you got excited about the experience at the same time you're scared. And then you realize like, Hey, I've talked to other people that, that actually at one point in time, they wanted to learn how to fly, but something stopped them. Like, uh, maybe the, maybe it was the thought of the stalls or teaching them, you know, trying to learn how to do stalls. It scares people away. So, you know, you just have to really power through that and learning a new skill like land investing is very, very similar because, you know, you've got to just step outside your comfort zone and just go through the process. You know, you're in the beginning when you're trying to learn, it's not the right time to try to figure out like, oh man, I'm going to fly the plane this way. You better just learn to fly the plane like the instructor tells you to just follow the recipe. Follow what they say. And I think it's the same thing with the investor's toolkit or flight school or whatever. Just follow the process first. And then when you've done it for a while, then go crazy. Yeah. So Aaron Misachnik, I mean, you, you started with the toolkit. Um, yeah. You know, did you just follow, and you went to boot camp. I mean, did you follow the instructions step by step? Or nope. did you try to? Uh... <laughs> and I regret every moment. No, I, I, I thought I was smarter than the, everyone else. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and try my own thing. I changed the letter up. I changed the approach. I have parcels that I can't even give away um, because I didn't follow directions. I literally am like, okay, what do I do with these now? I can't, like, I can't even break even on them. So I should have just said, you know what? Why am I buying here? Because like, now I look back. I'm like, I should never have bought in this area. Uh, it's not the area. It's just. Uh, well, I guess you say you can say it's the area. The county's great. It's just that part of the county was not a poor life choice. If I followed yeah. the directions, I would have, you know, been a lot further along. How, how'd you get straightened out? I mean, how, because at some point you are like, where are you like, this sucks. Yeah, this it was, work. It was, exactly. I, I, I was about to give up and, um, you know, and just went back to basics. I'm like, okay, let's just step back and talk to Scott and like, what do I need to do here? And um, he's like, this go, you know, follow directions, do exactly what, this is what I, what I told you to do. I don't know why you weren't listening. <laughs> um, but then the moment I did that, honestly, it just, it clicked. And then it's just been a green light that all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tate, when you're, when you started, you know, like professionally cycling, right. Did you have a mentor to help you like with cycling or did you, was it trial and error? Well, it's at a certain point you get to you get to a stage where you say, I want to give this a real go. And for me in cycling, I realized that I was I was doing okay, but I needed some expert help. And so I went and did kind of a uh, practice what we preach. And I went and got myself a coach and somebody who could take a look at my numbers and my training and my diet and all of that. And uh, next thing you know, they they kind of helped me get to the next level. So, yeah, if, if you want, you know to have great results, I think you have to follow the method because you also have to recognize that there's people out there who might know what they're doing better than you. Right. And that's okay. Right. That's totally okay. Um, it's funny because right now we got uh, Orlando Boot Camp coming up and last year I stayed an extra day. Right. And, and I went fishing and right now I'm staying and, and I'm trying to pick out which guide I want to hire for the day to help me catch fish. And it's not that I'm not capable of catching fish on my own. It's just, I want to pay somebody whose job it is to put me on fish. So I have the best opportunity of catching fish. And it's a lot like that with land, you know, coaching or flight school or whatever it may be. You kind of need some help every once in a while. Right. Right. I mean, Scott and I, and Mike and I, we were talking about this. There's teaching versus coaching. And we really think flight school is teaching, Right. 
We're going to teach you how to do what you need to do. And the beauty of flight school is it's going to make you execute in real time. But then once you graduate from that, you got to go like Tate and you got to get the coach to take what you, because Tate didn't learn, he didn't hire a coach to teach him how to ride a bike. He hired a coach to teach him how to ride a bike faster and better. Right. Um, and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, essentially like Scott's in flight school to learn how to fly a plane. But once he learns how to fly the plane, then he's going to want somebody to actually teach him, you know, how to, to really get somewhere he wants to go faster and safer. So Mike Zano, does that make sense the way I'm saying it? Yeah, it does. It does. I think this is all goes back to like any, any discipline you learn, there's initially some sort of form, some sort of structure. And you really don't want to become artistic too soon because if you don't have the basics down, the fundamentals, land investing, uh, I don't know, I've never flown a plane, but I'm sure this fundamentals, right? If you don't have those down and you try to be all artistic, you know, and you're just jumping around, you know, and Scott try, starts trying to do like circles and flips, uh, it's going to go real bad real quick. Um, so <laughs> you got you to gotta get the form down first. So the flight school is the form. It's the fundamental standard that anybody should have if they're going to land invest. This is what you need to know. And from that point, coach can take over and take you on a deeper dive where your personal limitations are, take you to a higher level of development. And then later on, you can get artistic about it. But yeah, there's definitely an approach that should be taken. And uh, that's exactly what we were talking about. Flight school is that fundamental uh, form. This is how land investing happens. And then you can take a deeper dive with a coach and really get into areas that are pain points for you. Yeah, I mean, as much as it pains me to give Eric Peterson any kind of compliment, that's, that's really what he did, right? So, Eric, kind of tell everybody, like, I mean, you, you really had the fundamentals down to a point where most people had been happy, right? Like six figures your first year. Right, right. Yeah, I did have success on my own. It, it took me longer to get there. Uh, there's no question about that. Um, I certainly did a lot of the wrong things. You know, I, I ignored some of those fundamentals as Mike was talking about and, and kind of went my own way and, and found, uh, you know, the problems that that brings. But, um, you know, I knew that I wanted to grow the business, um, into something more, um, build systems and, and, uh, you know, really make it into something that I could make my living off of. And in order to do that, I knew that, uh, you know, joining the coaching program would enable me to get there. So that's exactly what I did. And um, it's been very beneficial in, in uh, leading me down that path. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So speaking of going down that path, Eric Peterson brought up a very interesting topic, VA management. So Eric, what's going on with your VA management right now? And VA means um, virtual assistant. Yeah, there, there's nothing in particular that I'm struggling with there. I mean, it's just normal stuff. Um, you know, I had a, uh, a VA tell me uh, she'll be quitting at the end of the month. She's going to pursue some other things. I guess she's um, working on starting her own business and, and different things of that nature. And it just, it just kind of got me thinking again about, you know, um, the good VAs you have, you know, what are you doing to, to keep them around? Um, and, and how you, how are you making them, you know, want to continue to work for you? Um, I'm doing a few different things in that area. Um, one thing I've, I've recently started is, uh, I try to have at least a quarterly call, um, a zoom call with each of my VAs just to touch base, see how things are going, ask if there's anything I can improve things that I can, um, do to help make 
their jobs easier um, and, you know, just kind of have some open communication and, and get to see each other face to face because most of the time we don't, you know, we're just communicating with Slack or, or different tools like that. So um, I found that to help um, just kind of getting to know the VAs a little bit more. Um, as a matter of fact, I had a call with one this morning and, um, you know, she was telling me uh, about part of her process that she was doing and, and something was taking close to 20 minutes a day for her to do. And I said, you know, that's essentially, I said, you know, that's, that's too long to do that particular task. Let's, let's see if I can find a way to automate that for you because it's something that's, that's very simple and uh, she shouldn't have to spend so much time on. So I'll be looking at, um, you know, building some automation around that particular part of her task to, to make her job go easier and, and quicker for her. I, I love it. Let's, you know, let's, let's talk about VA management hacks, things that we can do to improve our relationships, our communication with our current VAs and future VAs. Tate Litchfield, you're on the hot seat. What are some VA management hacks? Well, I think uh, to address one of the first things he said, you know, how do you keep the good VAs to stick around? Pay them well, right? Pay them well. If they're doing a great job and you want them to stay, bump up their pay a little bit. That'll, uh, that'll make most people happy. Um, there's not a whole lot of difference if you're paying somebody $4.50 an hour or $5.50 an hour. So that's something that we try to do. We also get birthdays and, you know, holidays, and we send them a little bit of a, a thank you gift or something, maybe a little little bonus, whatever it might be. But um, I guess to manage them, how can we help them? Well, you got to know what the problem is first and foremost. So I like meeting with them regularly. Uh, we try to meet at least once a month. Um, and I just, I also ask all of our VAs to report, uh, report some sort of weekly report or daily report, depending on what their jobs are. And if I notice that, hey, this is taking way longer than it should, we can dive into it a little further and see about finding uh, a workaround for it. So I don't know if that answers the question at all. No, I, I, I think that was great. That was great. Mike Zeno, the Zen master. <laughs> well, I think it's important. One thing um, before the hack, one thing is, uh, is something goes wrong. We don't blame the VA because it's really, we're the ones training them. So if something goes wrong, then there was a miscommunication and, and communication is so key when you're dealing with people that work for you. So, um, I would say if something goes wrong, I own it, and like it's my lack of communication towards that VA. Now, the other thing in terms of hacking, I'm always asking my VAs, hey, identify any repetitive, like what's, what's and obviously they're doing some of the tasks for us that are repetitive, redundant, that's why we have them doing that, but within their tasks, are there any things that they're experiencing that are repetitive, beyond belief, redundant, and then maybe we can put that into a system. So I have them help me identify those uh, pain points for them, and if we can make that better or find a way to put it into a system to make their job easier, uh, I think it keeps them happy. And so we're always working together to have that kind of relationship. Yeah. I mean, I think if we peel back the onion of what you just said, uh, there was some really, there's some great wisdom in there. It's that you take responsibility for everything, right? Where I think a lot of people, their knee jerk reaction would be, this is not a good VA. They're doing something wrong. And um, I love the Scott Todd philosophy of the one to 30 rule. Scott, do you want to explain your, your philosophy on training? Yeah. So, so basically it just means that uh, for, you know, for every minute that you're doing a task that you're like freeing up, you should be prepared to spend 30 times that 
in order to train and onboard and to tweak and to build systems that help that VA succeed. So, you know, uh, you know, if you're spending five minutes on a task, it doesn't mean that you're going to sit down and for the next 150 minutes, you're going to train them. It means that over a period of time, you, you know, you should be prepared to spend at least 150 minutes in order to train and onboard them. Because when you do that 30, 30 X, what's going to happen is you're going to get just a massive ROI on your time invested. And it also holds you accountable. So it's not like, Hey, here's the keys to the, to the kingdom and go have fun. It's like, man, I've got to really invest if I'm going to bring someone on board, because if they're not succeeding, it's probably because you're not giving them good directions. Now, if you're giving them the very best directions you can, and they're not a fit for you, then you should move on even before the 30 X. But you know, you have to figure that out, but you have to, you have to prepare mentally for people to fail uh, before they can succeed. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just like everything, you have to use good judgment, but that being said, I think you taking responsibility and investing in that VA with that 30 to one rule is, is amazing. And um, there was something else you said in there, Scott, that, that uh, was really like, you kind of glossed over, but it was really important. Return on Uh, time invested. The return on time invested. uh, There's something else in there though. I'm, you know, this is what happens when I only have one cup of coffee. I, I, I lose it. I lose it, but I'll, I'll come back to it because I'm sure Aaron Vesachnik will, uh, will make me remember. No. So for <clears throat> what I do is I, um, I actually create training videos. I walk my, walk them through step by step on what to do. And then they never, obviously they'll never forget how to do it. Um, and they're actually coming to me and saying, Hey, you know, if we did it this way, it may be better for you. Um, so based on the training videos, they kind of say, Hey, let's, let's go ahead and try to do it this way. So they're, they're kind of working along with me to make their process better as well. Um, and that's pretty much all I've been doing. Um, I only have like one or two VAs. Uh, one is really self-sufficient. He doesn't Aaron, I think your guy. mic is like beeping. Oh. We gotta get you a new mic, man. <laughs> it's an iPhone. Go figure. <laughs> all right. But okay, go ahead. Say that again. But um, so I just have like two VAs. One's really self-sufficient. I give him the work and he just burns through it real quickly. Uh, and it's very accurate. Uh, the other guy, you know, he wanted a more of a hands-on approach. So I created training videos for him, uh, the whole process of what I expect and what I needed. Uh, and then I just shoot him those videos. And then he's the one coming to me saying, hey, I like what you do here. This is perfect. But if we add this in here, it, you know, carve off this amount of time. I'm like, okay, well, he's kind of training me <laughs> how to be more self-sufficient. <laughs> All right. So what's your hack as far as training? What, what are you using? Just the videos. So, so I, I use YouTube, but then I just unlist them. I know there was the last one of the calls that uh, somebody mentioned uh, one of the, another tool that we can use to do videos and have them send them to people. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Use Loom. Use yeah, Loom. That, that's it. Yeah. Use so Loom. I'm, Right now, I use, um, I use YouTube and shoot them the link, but I was actually going to go into that because I've seen the quality of those videos and what you can do with them is perfect. So, but Scott, use, use Loom is better than Zoom? Well, use Loom is good because what happens is all of the information is stored on, uh, on their server. Like, I mean, you can do, use cloud services for, um, you know, you can use cloud services for uh, Zoom. But use Loom is pretty pretty cool too because they will maintain their own stuff. Okay, I remembered my point that you were making before, Scott. So you said something about, you know, not just giving it to them. 
and then letting them go and letting them run, right? That's abdicating. We're not in the abdication business. We're in the delegation business. And there's a big difference. And I think there's this, this sort of magical thinking that if you just hand over this task to a VA, it's going to get done just the way you want and you never have to look at it again. It's just not, that's just abdicating and that's not the way it is. And then you're ultimately either going to be super disappointed or you're going to lose all your power as a manager because now they're doing everything and you don't even know what they're doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. You know, it's funny. Is I, I had a boss once that uh, he, he was a VP. I, I was not. And um, I remember he gave me this assignment and he, he just vaguely gave me what he wanted, right? He's just like, this is what I want. And I'm like, um, okay. And I walk away and I go, I go out and I create this thing and I bring it to him and I'm like really, really proud of the work. And he looks at it and the look on his face was like, this is ridiculous, right? And like immediately I started like, oh man, I just let him down because I did not want to let him down, right? Like you just don't want to naturally let people down. You want to, you want, you, you want people to look at you and go, oh, he, he doesn't let me down. And so he looked at it and he's like, hey, okay, this is a good starting point. Do this, 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 you know, let, let's bring this stuff in. And he's like, this is what I'm looking for. And then I, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm sorry about that. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, look, if I just gave you an assignment and I expected you to succeed, then uh, that makes me just a, a terrible manager. He's like, the way that I teach you is for you to go do it. Let me see what your thought process is because look, maybe it's better than mine. And uh, then you'll start to understand the way I think and what I want. So by the fact that he was expecting me to fail, and that's the way he operated, he literally expected uh, when he gave people assignments, he expected them to fail. And he didn't give the timeline like, okay, well, this is due. I got to turn this in by five o'clock. So you have to give it to me by five o'clock. What he said was, okay, I got to turn this in by five o'clock. So I need to look at this by noon so that we can come together, make adjustments, and then we can, we can tweak it from there. So he expected me to fail. And that's, the, that's where I got that logic is I expect everybody that's doing work with me to fail. And then I can help them. I can, I can mold them and I can build them to be what I want them to be. Right, right. One of my hacks uh, is also to uh, download all the holidays of, let's say, the Philippines. I mainly have Filipino VAs. So I know, oh, I'm, I'm thinking of you, right? I'll send them like a little cute card for, you know, a Kino day or whatever day it is. Like, I don't even know what it is. Um, or if they want to take holiday, um, I can give them that day off because I know it's a national holiday. And then my expectations of that day's productivity are realistic, right? Like if it's the other way around, they, they wouldn't expect me to work during Christmas, right? So. You know, you know what's crazy, Mark, is like in the Philippines, and a lot of people may not know that, and it's, you're right, it's about knowing the, the customs of the area. But like in the Philippines, it is customary, it's called the 13th month, right? So like it is customary to pay your Filipino VAs basically like the, the average monthly salary that you've paid them as a 13th month, as a token of appreciation. And, you know, like if you're, if you know that custom because you've researched it and understood what it takes, you know, like what, what the Philippines culture is, and then you award them with a 13th month. And let's say that I do that, but old Tate doesn't, oh, Tate would do it. Mike Zeno, he, he probably wouldn't do that. Zeno definitely would do it. That guy's cheap. Right. Cause he's not, he's not really compassionate when it comes to you. I don't think, but that said, (laughs) that said, (laughs) that said, uh, you know, the VA, if I give him the 13th month, he's going to be like, man, Scott's a very compassionate guy. And then 
what's he going to do? He's going to put my work ahead of, you know, um, uh, Mike and yours, Mark and Tate's. I'm going to move to the top because I'm compassionate and loving. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's a, it's a great tip. The 13th month. So knowing the holidays and the 13th month and uh, Loom is a great tip. Uh, the daily report, Eric Peterson's questions, you know, what, what, how can I make your job easier? Fantastic. And again, um, Eric, take that compliment with a grain of salt. So let's go on to another topic, recovering from a scammer. So it's really hard to scam us, but if you don't follow our directions, you can get scammed. So Scott, you want to tell the story? Yeah. So what happened was we, we actually have somebody in our community that um, they, they really didn't follow the directions. It's, it's okay though. It's okay. And uh, what happened was they, they talked to the seller, the seller gave them the nice uh, warm and fuzzies. And then basically they decided, okay, I'm going to send just a portion of the payment. And then they get the check. The seller gets the check. Uh, I guess cashes the check and uh, kind of vanishes. All of a sudden, they have to pick up and move quickly to another state. And oh, by the way, the deal has now changed. It's going to cost more money. So clearly, this is um, a scammer. And look, I had a situation like that, I don't know, last year. And you know, it, it, it just like pulls your heart out because like you, you put a little bit of faith into somebody and then they, they like stomp on you, right? And sometimes it's a decision. Sometimes it's a, a, a business call. It's a, an intuition thing. And look, we can always be wrong. But it's not like it's lost, right? Because there's something that we, there's a number of things that we can do uh, to try to recover this. And it, some of them may be easier than others, but you know, my favorite, uh, my favorite would be, well, one, we have an agreement. I've sent you a check. I have a clear check that you have stolen from me. Uh, essentially, I can take it to small claims in my county because there's literally three counties that you can choose. You can choose your own county where you do business the county where the land is located or the county where the seller is. So I can choose to, to sue them small claims in my own county. And when they do, they're going to have to appear in my county. And when they don't and I get the judgment for that property, well, then what I can do is I can take that judgment to the county in which the property is located, record it with that clerk. So it puts a, a, a you know, kind of a stain or a cloud on the title. And then I can ask the sheriff, okay, this is recorded in your county. It's a judgment from, you know, Pasco County, Florida for assets to this person. This person owns a real estate, um, non-homestead exempted real estate in your county. I wish for you to seize it and sell it at a, at a sheriff sale. So I may not end up with the land and I may end up with some of my money, not all of it, but I could end up with it all back, but it might take me six months to a year to get it. Yeah, it's a hassle. Uh, Tate Litchfield, any other ways to recover? You know, you can always put a lien on it. I don't know if Scott mentioned that. Um, I mean, that's an option for you. Like I said, I, I don't have this problem because going back to the first thing we discussed today, I follow the, the outlined rules. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't really have a good way to handle this. I mean, I always call Mike Zeno and have the uh, – his bounty hunter buddy come take care of the problem for me. But uh, yeah, I was thinking the Mike Zeno bounty hunter would be the solution. <laughs> That's probably the easiest solution. It's the, it's the quickest. It's the, it's the most probably effective and uh, it'll, it'll, that'll make things happen. Mike, I mean, you want to talk about your bounty hunter? 
Well, he, I did just talk to him the other day, and he is, uh, he's on the road now with his truck, and he is in the uh, Midwest, and he does travel, and and uh, I got his prices. They're affordable. So, yeah, he's out there. <laughs> You're going to set up a tip line for him or a work yeah. line for him? You know, but the, the reality is, like Tate said, I mean, this is a horrible thing to have it happen, right? But unfortunately, it did happen, and we don't make or break ourselves on one deal in this business ever. This is all about one deal is never going to move the needle, right? This is a continuous process of multiple deals. It kind of reminds me of the story from the Bronx Tale when the kid's running after the guy for the five bucks. He's going to beat him up, and he's like, what are you doing? He stole five bucks from me. He's like, listen, you learned that guy wasn't truthful over five bucks. So, I mean, yeah, it may be a lot of more money than $5 involved here, but it's a lesson learned about how we do what we do and why we do it. So just move on to the next deal. It's unfortunate, but there's a lot of money to be made out there. Don't let that sour you. Don't let that ruin your thoughts upon our business because stick to the game plan, stick to the fundamentals uh, and, you know, just make more money, make a whole bunch more money and, and just use that guy as uh, use that manure as fertilizer and just move yourself forward. I love it. I love it. Eric Peterson, what about you? How would you uh, exact your, your revenge? His lightsaber. <laughs> uh, yeah i guess i would probably in that situation i don't know that i would ever put out more money that i would feel comfortable losing so if i was ever in a situation where um for whatever reason i did not want to use a mobile notary um and the seller was requesting money up front if it was more than an amount I was comfortable with, I think, you know, I would go to a mobile notary or um, find some other way to close the deal. I just, I wouldn't take that risk myself. Um, so, and I guess, you know, that's just knowing the fundamentals and, and just, you know, following the process and knowing that, uh, you know, people don't always do what they say. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Vesachnik, how about you? I would actually ask my coach. <laughs> so, um, but this actually did happen to me last week. Um, I actually did recover from it. Uh, but first, like first thing I did is I, you know, I knew what was going on. I sent out the deed with the check uh, at the beginning of last month and the guy disappeared, cashed a check. And I was like, okay, they're not returning my calls or anything. I was like, all right. So I, when I finally got a hold of them, um, I got their cell phone number. I don't know where I got it from. I think it was one of the apps that you guys talk about. And I got a hold of them. And I was like, okay, now just be calm. Don't like, don't be emotional in it. It was only $700. I'm like, if I lose $700, is no big deal. I'm making, you know, 3,000% returns on my investments anyway. <laughs> so it's like, eh, it's not too bad, right? So, but I end up saying, look, I don't know what the situation here is. And da, da, da. And they're like, well, um, we think you're a scam. And because of this and this and this, and I'm like, no, you took my check and ran and let's just talk it out. We actually came to an understanding uh, of the situation. And the reason they didn't like it was because I sent them a personal check versus a cashier's check. So a uh, lesson learned there was regardless of dollar amount, send a cashier's check to make the buyer or the seller more comfortable with the sale, which you guys do teach that. And again, I didn't listen, but um, so, um, we re recovered. The deed is actually on the way here. I've got a tracking number and everything. So, I mean, I feel comfortable that it's okay, but it's just, I think being more understanding and calm in a situation 
And then, you know, it's a, it's a business, it's a risk. I and mean, without risk, there's no reward. So. All right. I love it. I love it. Um, well, let's go to uh, what is arguably everybody's favorite segment, the tip of the week, a website, a resource, a book, perhaps a uh, Buddhist quote. <laughs> so let's start with Tate. <laughs> Big Papa right. Litchfield, what's your tip of the week? All right, all right. So at uh, boot camp uh, two weeks ago, we spent some time talking about uh, one of the books that I was reading, which was Ernest Shackleton's uh, Voyage to the Antarctica. And I finished it recently. And we, at the dinner table, we were Scott was saying how this is the greatest leadership book of all time. And it really is. If nobody's read it, go out there, do yourself a favor, read it. It's amazing. But one of the quotes that Ernest Shackleton says is, difficulties are just things to overcome after all. And I thought, what better quote for the land business? You're going to hit difficulties in this business. And in the end, you just have to overcome it. That's what he had to do. That's what his men had to do. And, you know, at some point, you just got to put your head down and do the work. And that's what, uh, that's what this business requires. It requires a lot of hard work up front, build those systems, get that foundation nice and firm, and then build upon it and you're good to go. So difficulties are just things to overcome. After I all. love that quote. I know Mike Zeno's smiling. I know. He He's loved gaming. it. I saw him writing it down. Yeah. <laughs> all, right, all right, Mike. Let's, what's your tip of the week? What's your quote down, of the week? What's wrote, your quote of the week? Wait a minute. First of all, I just wrote down the name Ernest Shackleton. That was really cool. And then I just love the influence I'm having. I just feel like this is bringing such a calm to the whole group of us. Everybody's kind of getting in this mindset. This is my heart is warmed. I, I mean, I'm just smiling for that alone. But I will bring out my tip of the week. <laughs> All so right. this is a Zen proverb, Mark. So it's okay. But it does okay. directly to our business. It says, man stands in his own shadow and wonders why it's dark. I'll say it one more time. Man stands in his own shadow and wonders why it's dark. So basically, you're not getting deals. Things aren't happening. You're not selling property. And you wonder what's going on. But you're not mailing. You're not marketing. I mean, you're standing in your own way and you don't even know it. You're not following as this whole call has been kind of uh, wrapped around the fundamentals. You stand in your own way and then you wonder, what's going on? I mean, uh, you know, I'm not getting any uh, uh, accepted offers. I'm not selling any properties. But then you look and you're not mailing enough and you're not marketing enough. So stop standing in your own way and just go back to the fundamentals. I love it. I love it. Eric, shot not pro Peterson. <laughs> what's your tip of the week? All right. Um, I've got a website this week. Have you guys seen this? Um, Dripscripts.com. I, I, I have. Brian Harris with Video Fruit. Um, but uh, essentially, it's a, a tool for um, building some of your email sequences. Um, you could do like cold subscriber series. And um, there's, there's some in there that don't really relate to our business. But ultimately, um, there, it's a nice tool to kind of have a template to to build your your sequences, your autoresponder series, and, and different things like that for the business. So, I, I think that's a great tip. And again, pains me to say that. Aaron Vasachnik, it's it's getting rough over here. I mean, <laughs> I I mean, I, I I I might just have like an Eric Peterson Tourette's moment where I just say something mean to him, like out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there needs to be. You some might as well just get it over with. <laughs> I got nothing, Eric. 
Wow, I don't know. There's no tone in that. Get it over with, huh? <laughs> See, now Mike, now Mike is piling on. Finally. <laughs> All right, Aaron, what's your, what's your tip of the week? All right, so I, it's probably been mentioned before, but I absolutely love HubSpot. I have never missed um, a, a lead because of this. You just, it's super organized, uh, allows you to follow up. It gives you, it's free up to five emails too. Uh, but after that, you can, you know, pay, pay for the service. But I have my. Oh, Aaron dropped off. Reaching out to oh, me. Aaron. I have it hooked up to Craigslist. Oh, I'm a, yeah. Yeah, you're back. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Um, so the HubSpot, really, it's just a CRM that allows you to follow up with your leads and to stay constantly in contact with them. And every time they open up that email that you sent them, you get notified. I get notified on my phone. So I know when they're, what they're doing and how many times they've actually looked at that, that email in regards to the property that they were interested in. And it goes all the way to the point where I can actually say, yep, they bought it. And this is what kind of money I made on that property. Scott Todd does not like this tip. Scott. <laughs> was, was my face that, that yeah, like, it was just obvious. Like you, you were like holding back. It was like it was like what? me just waiting to pounce on Eric for like a, a tip. But what happened? HubSpot, like HubSpot.com. Yeah. Is How much bad? money are you making, man? I. That's expensive. Why not? It's, I only use five emails. <laughs> wow. Okay, what's the replacement, Scott? What should I replace? I mean, like I use PipeDrive, like. For that but like i've never really looked at i don't know maybe i'm looking at the wrong thing like i'm looking at the c okay i see the crm is five okay so i was looking at the marketing software the crm stuff so i don't know what it costs i mean Aaron, i, I like Airtable. Airtable, okay but pipe drive um, or pipe drive two for pipe drive maybe we should look at this one mark hubspot I'm, maybe it says free, free. All right, know, free I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. What about streaks? I mean, Mike loves streaks. <laughs> no, Scott already tore into that one. I don't want to give him more ammo, but I, I do happen to like streak for certain certain things. <laughs> okay, but that's not like a real CRM. That's no, like a Gmail. No. Yeah, it's an add-on that just can be add-on. useful for certain things. That's yeah. So yeah. Hmm. I see. I, I do see it's free. I guess the marketing software is what they're charging for on HubSpot. So check it out. See if it works for you. All right. Eric Peterson, you want to take a shot at Aaron? Or? <laughs> no, no. I, I'll just add that I use PipeDrive, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know anything about HubSpot. So. Okay. Well, that's... <laughs> wow. You're, you're a bigger man than me. Timid. Uh, Oh man, starting to devolve. <laughs> Scott Todd, what's your tip of the week? Mark, I got an exciting tip of the week. Okay, you ready? Do you yes. ever need money? You ever need money? Yes. Okay. Like, and you got this thing called like, you know, you sell your uh, property on on owner finance terms, and like you're like, man, I sure could use some money. Why not go check out this cool website? It's called tlfolio.com. Right? All right, I'm, I'm going to check it out. Oh, I know what that stands for. TL, not Tate Litchfield. No, no, no. Tate Litchfield Folio. No, the, like the land folio, tlfolio.com. Go check it out. You can, list, you can list your properties. 
basically not your properties. You can list your notes that you have. Basically, you can list it, and guess what? You uh, you get uh, other investors who might want to build some passive income. So maybe if you want to build some passive income, you can go over there and look at some notes to buy. And if you want to look at some sales, and guess what? It's not priced out. So it's the price the price that you get, the yield that you get, is the relationship between two people, what the two people want. So you know, if someone wants to make twelve percent of their money or forty percent of their money, put your note up there. See what people will bid on it, and see how much money you can get for you know selling twelve payments. This is a great way to grow your QRP money. Yes, it is. It really is. All right, tlfolio.com. I love it. Um, my tip of the week is, all right, I've got two tips of the week. The first one is in honor of the solar eclipse, which was yesterday. If you haven't seen the movie, The Martian, it is a phenomenal movie. And ultimately, it goes back to what Tate was saying with his tip of the week, um, solving the problem because they're up in space and that whole movie is just about solving problem after problem after problem. And it's like the moral of the stories, solving problems. Um, my second tip of the week is going back to uh, VA management. Great book is Virtual Freedom by Chris Ducker. Virtual Freedom by Chris Ducker. And... Uh, Eric Peterson is not chiming in right now. Eric, do you like these tips? Oh. Yeah, good. I that uh, that book I believe is in my wish list over on Audible, so it'll uh, it'll be coming soon. All right, you'll love it. You'll love it. Oh, speaking of Audible, by the way, my wife has now dubbed me the biggest geek of all time because all I can listen to is Ready Player One, Walk the Dog, Ready Player One, Grilling. Ready Player One. She's like, you can't just be. I'm like, I love this book. And Will Wheaton is an 80s star from Stand By Me, is the narrator. And it's all about, it's like 80s and all this 80s uh, references and talking about war games and Matthew Broderick and Ethan and and like Tron and Joust. It goes on and on. Van Halen, John Hughes movies. It goes on and on and on. It's like reliving my past it's awesome so um that was a great tip of the week i gave last week it was great tip of the week it was great tip of the week um scott did you do your tip of the week tlo folio yeah yeah tl folio i love tl folio ready player one too and ready player one it was great well i thought this was a great round table i just want to you know remind the listeners the only way we're going to get the quality of guests like an aaron vasachnik to even come on the round table is if you do us three little favors, you got to subscribe, you got to rate, you got to review the podcast. Send us a screenshot of the review to support at thelanggeek.com, and we're going to get you the $97 passive income launch kit for free. Um, today's podcast is sponsored by geekpay.io. We have new pricing coming. Be on the lookout for that uh, because Eric Peterson keeps reminding me the pricing sucks. Thank you, Eric Peterson. Um, <laughs> All right, should we should we do it? Let's go, Mark. One, two, two three. three. Let, Let freedom, freedom ring. ring.
Thanks for listening to the Art of Passive Income podcast. Start your journey at www.thelandgeek.com and www.scotttaub.net. Rate and review the podcast and email support at thelandgeek.com. Your screenshot for a free passive income launch kit. 